You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket for my destination. For this episode, we'll be talking about Simon and Garfunkel's Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme. In the room, I have Rob, hello, Adam, hey. and Sean. Hi. Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme is the third studio album by American music duo Simon and Garfunkel. The album was released on October 24th, 1966 on Columbia Records and produced by Bob Johnston. The genre is folk. Following the success of their debut single, The Sound of Silence, an album of the same name was rushed to production to capitalize on the group's, group's first hit, but for their third album, Parsley Sage, Rosemary Time, the duo spent almost three months in the studio. This is the first time they would have creative control and would extend a perfectionist nature both in terms of instrumentation and production. The album largely consists of acoustic pieces that were m- mostly written during Paul Simon's period in England the previous year and would range from the introspective song of Patterns to the longing Homeward Bound and the poetic for Emily whenever I may find her. Many critics have considered the album a breakthrough record for the duo and one of their best efforts. The album peaked at number four on the Billboard Pop album chart and was eventually certified triple platinum. How did we feel about Simon and Garfunkel? Uh, man, I, I might, might be a surprise, but I've always liked them and I think this is a great record. Um, it surprises me sometimes when I'm feeling what they're putting down, but I love Paul Simon. I think the quality of the production on this record is awesome. When it's low, it's really like trancy and hypnotic. Um, it has mo- moments where they move more, where there's like a little more like fun vibe to it. But not every song is is holds up perfectly for me. But I feel it. I don't know. I'm into. It. Yeah, I was going back and forth. Uh, it, they would play one song, and I would be like, "This is a really cool song." Like the like the first track, you know, um, Scarborough Fair. And then they'd pay, play like patterns, and I'd be like, nah, not so much into this one. I kind of like that one. <laughs> Cloudy, I'd be like, eh, it's okay. And then Homeward Bound, I was like, this, this is really cool. And then they would like 59th Street Bridge, feeling groovy. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I don't like this. And then it got a dangling conversation. I was like, screw this song. I hate this song. <laughs> is that the Art Garfunkel one that's later? Uh, That's the one that I wrote, fuck these pretentious cuts. <laughs> so is that the one where they're like, I, I, you've got your Emily Dickinson, yeah. I've got my Robert Frost. Oh yeah, my God. Yeah, I think Art sings fuck that one. You. And it, it made me think of my favorite interview I've ever read, which is with Art Garfunkel. Yeah. Uh, which I'll talk about later. He, 
but I read later that he uh, it concerns a dying relationship, but Garfunkel disliked the song, feeling it was pretentious. And really? I was and like, it was. I was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Art Garfunkel thought something was pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> wow, then the world imploded. Or maybe he was wow. rewriting history on that one. Yeah. And also the one um, where they um, he's kind of imitating Bob Dylan. I was like, yeah, that really? Was... Like, it just... That... The joke wasn't very funny. No, and it... It, it, it's, what was that I song? think it's... I, I, it was a simple desultory philippic. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. the one. <laughs> Got it. Cool name. Yeah. I, I think cool. what makes it so striking, too, is, like, how quality some of the songs... Like, it, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's the contrast of me thinking, wow, that song's amazing, yeah. and then going into, like, a Bob Dylan, like, joke song, and yeah. I'm, I'm kind of... You know, but they've always been that way. I feel like on their albums, they have... A wide range of like what they're presenting so it's interesting well, well that song i felt like the joke wasn't landing because i felt like at first they were trying to make that kind of music seriously and then they were like hey this sounds like bob dylan let's really lean into it and mm. like hammer the point home that we want to be bob dylan i like the uh, i lost my harmonica yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny um i i don't know like uh, I, I like Paul Simon's work as well. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Garfunkel does, <laughs> aside from like harmonies, um, and I don't know how much like writing he did on this. Actually, like it, it does. Like, I feel like we uh, definitely need to look none, into that. None. Oh, really? Yeah, all tracks were were by Paul Simon. Okay, because I've like. Oh, sorry, sorry. Scarborough Fair. He did. Uh, he is also credited. Okay, but other than that, it, he is not credited. That was the first single. Yeah. And yeah. as much as, like, some of the pretentious shit, like, was like, oh, god damn it. Like, each one of these songs is exactly as long as it should be. No, no, mm-hmm. Nothing, there, there's nothing goes over. There's a craftsmanship. Like, I mean, I don't think every sign of this record is great. But there's a craftsmanship and, like, the production. You can get a taste of what you're about to be, you know, blown away by Paul Simon's work. Mm-hmm. Of, like, wow, he's got some great sounding stuff. Some mm-hmm. really creative vocal parts. Interesting instrument choices. The drums, I was, like, thinking, like, that really foreshadowed, like, everything he did in Graceland. You know, like, yeah. that, was, that was pretty interesting. The, I think there's just some really cool sort of uh, teasers. Um, in addition to, like, I mean, Parsley Cedro's Very Time is... I mean, I remember my mom listening to that when I was a kid, and, like, that, that song is... It's interesting. It's like a medieval song, maybe influenced by that England trip. It definitely has that very medieval quality to it. It sounds bananas in headphones. I was, There's some really cool shit that's happening. Just a, Are you going to Scarborough Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. Remember me to one who lives there. She once was a true love of mine. Uh, things I wrote down were uh, Scarbo Fair slash Canical. Sure. Uh, patterns. I prefer the Devo song, but whatever. Uh, cloudy. Sure. Humboldt Bound. Tight tune. The yeah. bright green pleasure machine. Dope fucking track. That is Which just one cool. Is that? I was... That's the one that actually has like uh, backing band, like yeah. drums and everything. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that one I, yeah, when, it, when like, it came yeah. up because I was like, I had this record when I was a kid, but I don't yeah. remember. 
And I and going back to uh, <laughs> what I forget, it was maybe Mamas and the Papas when we were talking about it. Uh, the the word groovy, God damn it, oh. God damn it, fuck Sorry. you, I know, fuck you forever. Anything, I wasn't on that episode, so now I'm, I want to rehash that. Hate it. Like, <laughs> shut up about how great you feel. Nobody ever feels that good ever, ever. Also, nobody cares about how you feel. Exactly. If you feel great, keep it to yourself. <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah. Like a decent American. None of my beeswax. Oh boy. <laughs> just just ride out that. High yeah, yeah. Fifty Ninth Street Bridge song. I just wrote next to it. Sad face. <laughs> I like, I like the sentiment though. I mean, it's almost the happy-go-lucky song, you know. And the melody is pleasing. The harmonies are are nice. I think it's just, it's yeah, it's just that like super grin that you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Like man. he was talking to like lampposts and stuff. Yeah, like, you know, that's, <laughs> stay inside if you're that high. <laughs> Uh, I like this. I like where this is going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reefer madness. Um, I I think the interesting thing is just like what the variety of things that they're doing with the folk sound. You yeah, know? I and I think that's where it gets into the category where you're like, oh, Paul Simon is really brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. where there's a lot of different sounds on this record and they represent different sides of folk and the the movement at the time they're good at all of them um it's just it's a very strong it's a it's a very strong record and even if it's not like uh every moment is perfect yeah i will say um just for reference uh in this book that we're following that we will also be visiting uh bookends and um bridge under Bridge over. Over trouble water. Excuse me. You don't bridge, want to bridge under. under trouble. Yeah. <laughs> the <Danger>. channel. <laughs> like a bridge under trouble. Yeah, the channel. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so th- those will be the, you know, uh, other ones that we'll, we'll visit. I think if I were around when this came out and I listened to it, I would be excited to see where these guys were headed. Yeah? Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, like you said, they covered every type of folk music but they're clearly very skilled at creating original music. Like, you know, I would, I would always want to see the lyrics stuff. are cool. Mm-hmm. You know, even yeah, that's there, true. there's sort of like a salon version of, of, the, of a lot, a lot of the songs where they're doing like, there's clearly like a, like hippie roundabout going on and they, they write a lot of songs. They're sort of like, there's a group of people that are maybe like artists. There's two, two or three songs that sort of mention this kind of idea. And it makes me think like of, you know, the movement aspect of, like, the folk uh, revival that was happening, where there's, like, a bunch of people, you know, they sort of ridicule it a little bit with the songs about, you know, talking about, like, carrying your the book with the bookmark in it. Um, and there's all these, like, little uh, prosaic moments about, like, uh, literature. and um, But I, I think they do, that fits into that story of... Uh, what's happening, you know, the folk revival, like, these are the people of this, of this music thing that's happening. I, I think it kind of is nice for setting the, t- the tone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the cool kids. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about Art Garfunkel? Tell me your true thoughts, Rob. I think he's the best part about this. <laughs> he's holding down those harmonies, baby. He is. Uh, vocal sound great. He has great vocal range, that Art Garfunkel. I don't... Honestly, I... 
I like to I like to champion people that I don't actually know anything about. <laughs> so please t- t- tell me some stories of Art Carfunkel. I'll tell you my favorite interview I've ever read. Uh, Go on. I haven't told this already. <laughs> okay. Um, the this there's this article you can look it up, and this guy sits down at a New York diner with Art Garfunkel to do an interview, maybe like five six years ago, and. He says, I knew when Art Garfunkel, like, like demanded soup at the interview that I this is going to be a good one. <laughs> and I think that's how it starts. But anyway, he goes on to just do this, like, really intense interview where he's basically defending his life from Paul Simon getting more credit, essentially. And he's just, like, forcefully exclaiming it. And... It just reads like so strange. It's like, dude, you did great. Like, good job. You know, it's okay. You don't have to do this, especially now. And then he starts talking about uh, how he keeps a log of all the books he's ever read. And he goes on to be like, look at this. Look at this. This isn't kid shit. This is heady stuff. And it's like, you're just reading it. And this interviewer is saying, go on. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's so strange. It, it just the things that fame does to our brain. Well, also whenever I hear anything that's like s- super gentle, like this is, or you know, whatever, I I always have this like like deep down reaction that I bet this person is the opposite. Like I I that's assume that if you're making super soft music, you're really type A, and if you're making really hard heavy music, you're mm. probably kind of nice, you know, because it's like. An your inversion of your outlet. Yeah, kinda. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Leuven Brothers syndrome right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, you know, and Paul Simon, like, has made great music, and he's brilliant, and he's, like, funny on SNL and stuff, but he's not without controversy in his personal life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the like, cop's been called many times. He's friends with Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he looks That's enough. very drunk whenever you see him on TV <laughs> lately, which, not to judge, it's cool. I'd, I'd party at SNL, too, but, um, but yeah, no, I... You saying that doesn't surprise me really because when I hear these guys like being perfect at this, yeah. I think like it comes from a place of like wanting to be perfect. Their outlet yeah. is needing soup or yeah. whatever. I think, was, soup. I think it was soup. I, I have to go back and read it because like the opening line is very funny, but it's just something about like his intensity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, he is an old man. I know. Bitching about old man uh, shit. Old like man demands soup. soup. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 pretty uh, par for the course for for an elderly yeah. statesman. Yeah. Yeah. Elderly statesman. <laughs> So this album uh, caused its budget to increase to an unusual cost for the album because it was thirty thousand um, for how long they took, which in today's two thousand seven dollars. Uh, well, let's do that. 18. But but in twenty seventeen, that would have been uh, two hundred and twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say that's a lot. So sounds it. I mean, yeah. Uh, Simon a- Simon insisted on complete control 
all aspects of recording, and the album uh, with the duo is first to be recorded on an 8-track recorder. Hmm. Wasn't there a quote in there, like, you boys take a long time or something? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, because they would do vocal overdubs. and f- They want to sound they, perfect. They probably. wanted it to sound perfect. And yeah. soup takes time. Absolutely. <laughs> Boy, you really you really take a lot of time to make records. Yeah. It was common. And, uh, how did we feel? Um, I mean, they, they, they deserve to be listened to. I mean... Paul Simon was still writing shit like yeah. when he was a little. How do you feel about this album though, this specifically? Uh, um, I don't ever want to listen to it again. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I think that's a fail then. No, I, I I don't think it is. Like I, I, I it's Rob's taste. I, I recognize the importance. Yeah, I'm never going to put this on for pleasure listening ever again. Like I was excited to hear that there was a song that had drums on it, and it was mm-hmm. a really good song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I I, I think Homeward Bound, the bright green green pleasure machine or worth this like worth the cost of admission for sure i mean and yeah i mean everything else for me personally i'm just you know i i like i no let me back up yeah because i said something earlier um each one of these songs is exactly as long as a song should be at no point in time during listening to this was i like this is fucking running too long yeah this is bothersome to me i was bummed out at some of the tracks and i was uh, you know upset that like they were being really pretentious on a few of the things but at no point in time when i was listening to it was i like god damn it i wish this was over because they ended it right before i got to that point so i wouldn't again i wouldn't have it for pleasure listening but it i mean as far as an album's concerned and the importance of it going forward yeah absolutely i, I think it's great you know i mean it's I think I will listen to it again because there's some stuff on here that I didn't remember from listening to them when I was a kid, when I was like spinning my parents' records. And there's some really strong lyric stuff and cool harmonies that I think, you know, a closer listen or at least another listener to, I'd like to, or, and just like what, why does it sound the way it does? Just interesting production choices. Well, lyrically wise, what 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 did you pick up on there? Like, oh, that's a fucking cool turn of phrase, or or whatever else. Um, Anything specific? I'm, an ex- I'm not trying to put you on the spot. There's just a few times where I was like, well, like I'd mentioned earlier, this sort of like, kind of like sitting around with the artist kind of thing. It makes, that sort of made me feel like I was in like a Wes Anderson movie or something, and. Uh, I kind of I just wanted to like dig into that a little more and just be like oh, what exactly is the phrase just stuff that I was just vibing on okay. more than specific that's why I want to listen again I guess oh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying fair. Um, I get a positive I one thing I really appreciate about it is like it's a really perfect record to put on if you're you want to like simplify things you know if you just like want to kind of time travel and go back to a simpler time mm-hmm. this I think encapsulates it you know it has a mood to it even though the songs are diverse and it's kind of cozy. Um, it's also like melancholy. It's it just has a really nice feeling, and it it's something like I might not put it on intentionally anytime soon again either, just because there's so much stuff in the world to listen to. But I really appreciate this record, and you know I also love Paul Simon, so it's it's kind of neat to to see all the foreshadowing in this one. By simpler time, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, Donald Trump wasn't president. 
And they didn't have the internet. That's that's all I need. That's got, <laughs> yeah. That simplifies a lot, yeah. even for 1966 America. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's it's, a lot going on back then, but... It's, uh, it's a wholesome record. Like, you know, it's... It's got it's got darkness to it, but it's it's still it feels pretty good, you know. And and I don't want to go into feeling groovy territory. That actually was like that made me the angriest. <laughs> I think of all of it. Wow. That I I have a really low tolerance for like that kind of goofy stuff. Yeah. I don't know. The weird thing is the verses aren't bad on that song. Yeah. And it's the chorus is it's just too silly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I like the Love and Spoonful, who kind of does that, but they're better at it. I guess I don't know. Mm. I just didn't. I don't enjoy that yeah. sort of. Hmm. I'm gonna go neutral on this one because yeah. because I I kind of went back and forth each song I would I would like a song and then I wouldn't like a song so I just don't feel like it pushes me enough over that um, you know I probably won't go back and I'll, I'll probably check out like a track or two but like you said with Mamas and the Papas you know having having one or a couple. A, little, a few tracks that you really appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make the album like overall uh, like a like great for you. Um, yeah, like nine times out of ten, I'd probably put you know like Bridge Over Troubled Water or, or a different album on uh, before I check this out again. But <clears throat> it's it's good, yeah, definitely, it's... especially for the folk '60s folk era and um, ha- yeah, having that sort of like English. Uh, tone um sort of compositions and the way they harmonize it's great it's really yeah like precisely what they wanted so good for them yeah great job paul simon yeah <laughs> you did it. and our garfunkel oh, who's the smart guy in the back who reads all the books check out that hair this is heavy shit <laughs> you gotta go read this guys i highly recommend it uh all right Next time we'll be talking about the 13th Floor Elevators, the psychedelic sounds of the 13th Floor Elevators. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Still yep. life watercolor Of a now late afternoon As the sun shines through the curtain lace And shadows wash the room And we sit and drink our coffee Couched in our indifference Like shells upon the shore You can hear the ocean roar In the dangling conversation And the superficial sighs The borders of our lives And you read your Emily Dickinson And I my Robert Frost